yes, music is, is our life, but it is really a vehicle, a vehicle of communication between people. It really is about people. Welcome to Arts Engines. I am your host, Aaron Dworkin, and I am so excited to have as today's guest, Carlos Miguel Prieto, who is now in the 15th season, I believe, as music director of the Louisiana Philharmonic Orchestra. is, of course, a famed conductor all around the world. Musical America recognized him as their 2019 Conductor of the Year. Carlos, welcome to the show. Thank you, Aaron. This is a, an honor to, to, to be with you. Awesome, awesome. So great to be able to see you again. And also, I'd like to share that the Louisiana Philharmonic is our co-curator for this show and it serves as one of our wonderful creative partners uh, for Arts Engines. So I thought I would just delve right in. And, you know, a lot of orchestras um, are either discussing or talk about and, and people talk about how are orchestras connected or disconnected from their communities? Um, and I know that there's some really important things that you're doing in Louisiana related to this, but I thought I would just start out with this question, which is, do you think that orchestras need to be better citizens within their communities? Um, and if so, how can they do that? Uh, I, I would say absolutely. Uh, orchestras, and I start with my own orchestras. Uh, we, we uh, I don't think we have been doing a very good job. And, and I think, uh, hopefully this is right, but I, I think this pandemic, this situation is uh, pushing us to understand that we need to connect now, otherwise, the, the, otherwise it's, it's too late. Um, I, I had been already thinking for several years or several seasons about this, let's say, orchestral model that is uh, stale or disconnected from reality. And, and how do I notice? Well, first of all, it's disconnected from my kids. <laughs> It's disconnected from uh, many people in the community uh, that simply don't know about the orchestra. Um, and it's disconnected from the, 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 social, uh, the, the, the social component of New Orleans. If any orchestra has uh, as, as its audience uh, let's say, missing an important part of, 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 of a society, it's disconnected. And I, I'm not saying that we did anything wrong. I think we just persevered on, an, on a route that is a route that perhaps worked half a century ago, uh, where uh, where this orchestral model was pretty much based on a certain repertoire and on a certain audience that would 
not only supported but also wanted. But today, there, there is just so much opportunity out there um, and so, so much to, to, uh, to find in, 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 in variety. And, and I'm, I'm talking about connecting with different musical genres, with different idioms, with different nationalities, with different um, age groups, with, with everything. So New Orleans is the perfect place but so is Detroit, so is, so is, you know, so many, New York, Chicago, wherever. But New Orleans is the perfect place because you kind of find a musician every single block, okay? Or a musical idiom on every single block. And guess what? Um, we have been finding partners uh, where we had assumed that there would be no interest um, and vice versa. That they find that the Louisiana Philharmonic are interested in partnering with musicians who normally play on um, Bourbon Street, okay? But who are very well known for playing in Bourbon Street and that I have known for 15 years, but have collabor collaborated once or twice. So what we have instituted over the last uh, months is a real partnership uh, with musicians of all kinds uh, in New Orleans who are, some, some of them are well known um, as household names, but some of them are completely unknown other than in, in their own circles. And what we have found is that including them in, uh, in partnerships in advisory groups, in our own programs, uh, is something that we gain from. So next concert that I have in New, in New Orleans, which unfortunately I think will not have an audience, but it will have a virtual audience, will include, or next weeks uh, of, of, of concerts, we will include a, a staple like um, Mendelssohn, uh, Italian Symphony and the collaboration with an incredible band out of New Orleans called Tank and the Bangas. And I don't know if you know Tank, but Tank, you should check her out. She is one of the most supremely talented artists, Grammy, Grammy Award winner. Uh, she's, she's really an amazing creative personality. And so within that same week, we're doing Tank and the Bangas, and Mendelssohn. And I'm looking forward to both. Uh, we have created also a partnership with a very, very um, exciting uh, group of composers uh, that, that represent uh, different parts of, of New Orleans. One is Courtney Bryan. I don't know if you know, I, I probably, you know Courtney Bryan. She's incredibly talented. We had already commissioned one piece of hers and we're in the process of commissioning more. So I'm just giving you some ideas. Of course, all of these music, all of this is music that I, I love. It's, it's jazz, it's, it's, it's all kinds of things, but it's music that I thought somehow was more disconnected than, than what we are going to make it. So it's amazing that you're, you're creating these connections, building these bridges. And so one of the things that I'm, I'm wondering there, you know, there are, 
uh, I'm sure some orchestras out there, they're like, well, you know, we kind of, we'd like to do that, but, um, but we're actually, they're not sure how to, or we're not sure how to do it in, in a, a sustainable way. Is there any kind of core principles that you've kind of had in mind as you've built these partnerships that seem to be so successful? Well, yes, because curiously in my own country, which is Mexico, I've built these partnerships over the last years uh, and with Orchestra of the Americas too. Uh, and these are partnerships just with sensational artists. And, and, and you know, when, when the partnership is with somebody like Paquito de Rivera or Mariachi Vargas, uh, who really are, you know, sensational world-class artists, well known in their own in their own worlds uh, then the, the the quality of the music and the quality of the collaboration makes it sustainable because it's just so incredibly good mm -hmm. um, so i don't think that the, 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 that that it's rocket science i just think it's putting the talent in the same room uh, and and uh, it, it's very interesting to see when I started with the National Symphony of Mexico, an orchestra that I have been for many, many years with, and, and we started collaborations with uh, flamenco artists, for example, or, or with um, pop artists from, from Mexico, of, you know, maybe a little bit underground, not the most famous uh, people. They would look at them and say, well, you know, we don't really speak the same language. And it took one rehearsal to understand that we really all speak the same language and that we uh, gain, we all gain from this collaboration. And we, you know, I mean, I, I am amazed at seeing somebody um, from the jazz world Im improvise. And I, you know, I, 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 I play the violin. I'm, I'm not, you know, a hundred, a hundredth of, of a violinist than you are, but I try to, I try to improvise and I'm like so limited uh, that I, I, I think, okay, there's something wrong if I live part of the year in a city where there is so much Music and that I'm presenting to the audience a portion of it and not presenting to them a, a, a bigger, a big, and, and this has nothing to do with the fact that New Orleans is like a, a, a hotspot for jazz. No, because it's also a hotspot for, for, for Latin music. And it's also a, a great place for gospel music mm -hmm. of which I knew nothing of before I came to New Orleans. And, now, I'm not saying I know, but I've done a lot and I've brought, we created a, a, um, a, a group called New Orleans Black Choral and I brought them to Mexico two times and they became sensational hits. I mean, sensational. So much that I, to, I told them, you're going to run out of encores. <laughs> and, and they said, how can we run out of encores? We have four encores. They ran out of encores, okay? <laughs> they, had, they had to do the, the encore at a cappella. And this is in Mexico City, all right? And when we did this show in New Orleans after we did it in Mexico City. So sometimes it's easier to do the New Orleans show in Mexico City and the Mexico show in New Orleans. But wow. the trick is we really should represent the fabric of our societies in a better way. And I, think, I, I really think that we will. I, I just see this trend going 
uh, kind of out of control, and I'm happy to see it. That is just so awesome. And is there, you know, one of the things I worry about, because this is so exciting and it, it has, um, you know, all of this uh, fabric of, of, you know, the role that orchestras can play. What would you say to those orchestras who are like, okay, yes, we want to do it. There are voices in the orchestra say, we want to do this. We're worried about either those constituents of ours or people even who might even be part of our organization, but who have the uh, traditionalist approach of here's the music we play. That's not our music, right? That, that viewpoint that unfortunately we might wish is, wouldn't still be there, but is in some communities or in some orchestras. What would you say to them to either empower them or some way give them a path to respond to those voices? Well, but first of all, th those voices are less... Um, uh, I, I haven't found that many voices against these ideas, okay? Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe it's our perception, okay? But it's, it's all a matter, I think, of balance and of saying, okay, well, Bach is not going to go away. Mozart is not going to go away. Dvorak is not going to go away. Copeland is not going to go away. We're just adding to the mix. It's like, well, okay, I like paella. Okay, does, does the fact that I, that I go, you know, eat a great dish of Indian food, does that mean that I will never, ever have paella again? No, not at all. So it's just, it's, it's enriching an experience. Most of these constituents have works of art in their homes that are way more diverse and way more forward-looking than the music that we are providing them. So what I do is I do a one-on-one -on -one approach because you end up knowing your board members. You end up knowing your constituents. So basically what I, what I do is I say, okay, what worries you? Uh, is it the fact that, so let me give you an introduction. And I, you know, you need to speak from, from the stage sometimes. You need to do, the, do your job of communicating so that people don't come to a concert expecting to hear only Mozart and then they get something completely different. You, you, th this, is a, this is a back and forth communication thing where as conductors, as music directors, we are also have a role of educators, uh, and it, it would be completely wrong, and I would say even probably dishonest, uh, for a music director to completely uh, stay away from, from something because you think that your audience doesn't want to hear it. I think that's like, like, okay, well, then let me just park there, and that's where I'll stop my learning. But right. that's not life. Ah, <laughs> uh, totally, totally, absolutely. Could not agree more. Uh, so unfortunately, we're just about out of time. One last quick question, because I'm always curious with our guests, you know, with all of the things going on and especially challenges in the world, but even in regular, you know, when things are, are normal, where do you go to find either your inspiration? Where, where do you draw strength to overcome the obstacles that might enter your life? You know, this is, this is, is, 
This is such an essential question because this pandemic has been touching upon exactly this. So where does one get that strength? Uh, and I actually have to be very honest with you. I get it from, from people. Uh, it, it, music gives you the strength. But finally, I, what I found on these long, long months without performance, performances, is that yes, music is, is our life, but it is really a vehicle, a vehicle of communication between people. It really is about people. So I draw the strength from my kids, from my wife, from my family, from my parents. Uh, I draw the strength from, from the audience. Uh, and I draw the strength from seeing uh, things on TV that touch my heart, from seeing somebody give their life for somebody else, from seeing a doctor or a nurse or something. So it, I, I think it's all about connecting people. And even if initially it may not be a thousand people or 2000 people, this limitation that we have right now, I think it is, we're slowly gonna make sense of things if we decide to go to the heart of one person and then two persons and then three and then four and five, rather than thinking of this huge idea of selling tickets, I think we have to touch hearts. And touching hearts is finally what it's all about. Uh, so I used to think, let's say pre-pandemic, that you know, we were so lucky and, you know, music is my life, 130 concerts a year. Wow, great. And there, and, and the, I was in this kind of, this, this roller coaster. Uh, and this, this crazy moment led me to believe, first of all, that it's not about the number of concerts, nor about the, maybe even the quality of these concerts. It's about the people and how to include more people and how to connect more people. And since I am incredibly fortunate to work in parts of the world where there is a huge percentage of the audience that's underserved, my own country, Latin America, New Orleans, there are places where 80 or 90% of the population is still to, to be found and to be conquered. Uh, so I, my, my goal in, in, in the following years is to make those connections. And in order to make those connections, we need to learn from each other. And we need to learn from people who connect with people who are walking on the street and they need to learn from how, you know, orchestral musicians do their thing. But we cannot keep going on two separate routes, ignoring each other as, as if we, we were in two different things because we're really in the same exact thing. Finally, it's finally all about putting hearts together. And I cannot tell you how much I've thought about this over the last months and how much energy I get from thinking that we will learn so much new music that we will connect with new composers, but especially with a new audience. Wow. Carlos Miguel Prieto,
thank you so much. You truly are one of the great arts engines powering human creativity in our world. Thank you for joining us on the show. Thank you because I admire the work you do so, so much. It's a very, very big honor to do this interview with you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. The honor is mine. <laughs> <laughs>